0: Welcome to Goodwill Talk. We're so glad you're here today. At Goodwill Talk, you'll get to know your pastors, hear answers to your questions, gain biblical perspective on things going on in the world, and most of all, grow in your love for Jesus and the Bible. Let's listen in to today's conversation. Good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening, I guess whatever time of the day you're in, we're having a morning right now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> the end of the morning
0: we're having an end of the morning i think today the only thing i was saying the only thing it's getting me through today is i know i'm gonna eat pizza twice i'm such a kindergartner
1: <laughs> not just pizza
0: pizza Gra- oh
1: deep pizza you called it no well i heard deep pizza did you hear deep pizza jeff grandma pizza she heard that later pizza. when i grandma asked for pie. explanation because oh. i said deep dish and you're like no oh. grandma
0: oh i don't know what i said that you thought i said deep dish but no that's too much crust I want grandma pizza, which is not what I'm having for lunch. I'm having just probably regular pizza. But for dinner tonight, I get to pick my own pizza, and I'm getting a grandma pizza.
1: Okay. I'm pretty sure for the pizza lovers in the world that we don't know the category of grandma pizza. So that bears a little explanation.
0: Jeff knows.
1: Do you know, Jeff? Um, Yes, because
0: we eat it frequently on Saturday nights.
1: (laughs) I think what makes a grandma pie a grandma pie is like it's similar to a Sicilian, but it's thinner. And it's also similar to a margarita pizza, which is like, you know, you got the cheese, but then like the sauce is on the top and fresh then there's tomato. like fresh mozzarella. And so it's like kind of like a hybrid between a margarita and a and a Sicilian. And a Sicilian. It's like a,
0: like a thinish crust so good. Sicilian margarita. Delicious. Big chunks of tomato. It's super mm. flavorful.
1: It's a sweet sauce too. Mm.
0: It's so good. Anyway, I'm getting through my day knowing that in a little while I'm going to get to eat pizza and then a couple hours later I'll get to eat more.
1: There you go, and
0: that's how you make this forty-plus-year-old woman happy. Just treat her like she's five and give her pizza
1: (laughs) or baked goods from. uh, Oh, uh, from uh, (laughs) the bakery outside. I don't even
0: remember that it's like the scone place. So I guess people will need to hear about this a little bit. Is that there's? I went on a retreat um to what's the name of it spruce spruce lake spruce lake i always want to call it spruce lodge and that's not the place that's like down the road
1: retreat lodge so
0: but spruce lake i went on a women's retreat there and i got there early because they were doing massages and i didn't want to be late (laughs) to my massage and then i got there too early so i went back up into town i had passed this it was like literally called like the scone place or the scone hut or whatever and i stopped in there and it was delectable. And so now whenever Tim and Julie bring their children down there, I, I give them money. And I, they bring me back baked goods. And we always get it's baked goods. You. Yeah. amazing. It's amazing. I yeah. guess one time I didn't give you money. You just came back with something. It was one or super, two times. Yeah, we super just thoughtful, you know, I super thoughtful. Super uh, thoughtful.
1: I can't drive by the place without thinking of, you know. So so if I drive by and I'm like, oh, I got to stop. Get some for Jess.
0: So anybody. It's, it's like this very like yellow and red place, I believe.
1: Yeah, it's just a little.
0: And. But yeah. it is just to me. Anyway, if you ever out are out there, good. stop and, and get yourself some delicious anything that they have there is good.
1: It's a, it's a great way to finish after some grandma pizza.
0: Yeah. And then uh, when I was there, I also bought two. I went to the, there was like a little thrift store and they were having a sale on wedding dresses. So I bought two <laughs> because why not? So I've got just two wedding dresses in the closet for dress up. Wow. Not for me to dress up, but they were like they were beautiful. Just one in of, case, one you no, mean? one of them was like this beautiful.
1: <laughs> I think I can answer the question. Why not? But very
0: I vintage, and it had like the little veil and the little cap, and it was it is a beautiful dress. I
1: love how she's talking to me as if I know all mm-hmm. what all that Sorry. is. Sorry, it at was like, a beautiful, well, you know, right? Vintage like, wedding not, dress, not really. And actually. I got it for
0: like fifteen dollars, and I just couldn't. When you when you can buy a beautiful dress for fifteen bucks, even if you have no You're intention to wear it. No, it would never fit me. But someday like Natalie might want to use it for like a school play and wow. I'll say, oh, I've got it in the closet and okay. it's perfect. You never know.
1: Right. Oh gosh. Anyway. This is something else you have in common with my wife.
0: Does she collect vintage wedding she, dresses? Well,
1: she collects things that are bargains, you know, <laughs> and she, well, every time she comes in the house and she's got something, she's, she'll tell me the cost of what it was. Seventeen years of marriage, and she still she she knows this, but she always feels like she needs to do it. and I'm like, I don't care how much it costs. It's just meaningless to me that she got a good deal on it. Does not wow me.
0: Yeah, we're the we same. Just,
1: we just don't operate that way. Like I don't operate that way. She does. I know she's like she values it more because she got a good deal on it. I go. I get that. I just don't get it. Like it doesn't resonate with me. It's
0: because you're not like a numbers person.
1: I am not a numbers person. So Julie's watches watches every penny, and I always tell her go go spend money. Go. I don't care. She's very frugal. So I'm like. Treat yourself. Go out, treat yourself. You don't need to look for the deal. Just you deserve it. Have at it. No, and she does. So
0: Yeah. Well, good. But it takes both, both kinds. To it does take both kinds. Th- because if, of... if,
1: if, if we were both like me, we would be living in a tent on the side of the road. But...
0: Right. So, uh, the, por- um... the poor children would be mowing <laughs> lawns to, put, to buy groceries.
1: That's exactly. Collecting cans. Oh,
0: well, I, I appreciate a good deal. And when I went to that women's retreat, I got rest. I got scones. And I got wedding dresses and a massage. It was a blissful weekend. Actually, just everybody should go there and do something. When did you go? I don't even remember. A couple of years ago.
1: Oh, I thought this was recent. Did, no. It was did pre, you get anything from the speakers? It was pre-COVID. Just, just good deals. on. I was stuff? a
0: little critical of the speakers, but I was myself. So no, I, I didn't necessarily get much from the speakers, but I got a lot from the women that I went with, which oh, was okay. what I was going for. Okay. That
1: that wasn't mentioned in the list. It was scones and deals on wedding dresses.
0: But, I mean, you know me well enough to know. I'm a critical person normally. (laughs) So, like, especially when I go to things like that that are a little bit, like, made made to be, right, accessible to all the women, Mm -hmm. you know, that you can invite, you know, like your sister-in-law that doesn't really go to church and she's not going to feel too, like, put out of her comfort zone. So, I can be critical of those kinds of things. But I had a good time. You and me both. And I got a great craft idea while I was there too so oh, like wow. all around it was just go. it was a good idea
1: Another anyway will the hat to my wife
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, so today craft
1: idea, which, those never come by me you could set the whole thing up in front of me and no craft idea would arise you could put, you, <laughs> you know just
0: want to throw it all out
1: rose for as far as the eye I can see of empty toilet paper rolls and I no craft idea would come to mind
0: you're like <laughs> that one. is recycling that's, that's exactly <laughs>
1: right that's a, that's a lot of cardboard
0: Okay, so today's question. <laughs> let's bring it around.
1: That's uh, yeah,
0: from crafts. Let's reel it in here <laughs> and scones and pizza, which just made me smile probably for the first time today. Yay! Um, um I don't even remember our question. Oh, this is a doozy of one, which yeah. I think really it's a doozy of one because
1: this is why we're talking about everything else we can because we don't really yeah. want to address
0: the question. <laughs> it's not that we don't want to address the question but i think it's something that even as an adult is challenging to wrap your mind around the logistics of it mm-hmm. which is what kids always are asking so the question is and, and this is not the real question but this is how the question was phrased to me from a child which is how i know the child is misguided and needs direction was why did god create sin right. <laughs> so i know the answer to that is god did not create sin mm-hmm. But then the logistics of, well, then if God created everything and there is sin, that I have a harder time explaining.
1: Why does he allow sin? Yes. There it is.
0: <laughs> but like how you know, like just the just how it they they, they want to know how it works. I don't know how it works. I just yeah. know it does. I, I know, want
1: I want to know how it works too.
0: Yeah, exactly. So like how do we go around? How how first maybe it's how do we form at least a Good sound understanding of of sin, mm. and then how can we help our children?
1: I want to grasp Marcus, some of that. How, how did Marcos dodge this? These questions.
0: Though this one's my own fault because I have to go to the <laughs> not have to. I get to go
1: <laughs> to, the to the
0: aquarium with Mitchell's class, and I had to Speaking change the sin. recording schedule. <laughs> I had to change the recording schedule. So you're oh. on the hook for this one. Yeah,
1: okay. I'm not even here next week. I forgot oh. about that, so it works out. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. See, yep. it's
0: Jeff's fault. <laughs> it's just...
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, anyway, so
1: so, so walk why, us through some why, of this. Why does God allow us sin? That's a that is a doozy of a question, and it's it's probably. A good way to lead into the, I don't know the answer to that, is to say that theologians have been wrestling that for, you know, down through the ages, which is my way of saying I'm not alone and not, you know, I mean, right. how, how do you answer that question? I mean, it's a, how do you come to terms with the, uh, there is a holy God who can't even be in the presence of sin, but yet allows sin? I mean, right. that, okay, that's a, that's a fair question. It's a good question. It's a, it's a healthy question and a right question. But maybe the, the way to think about that is to recognize that, there's places in scripture that talk about god uh, and his purposes for the whole created order before creation and in those places we have um uh, god talking about his 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 plan to redeem a people so that he's aware of the fall and the and uh, the the result of our own our, our the, the development of sin nature so so i so the short answer probably is that that god Gets glory when he redeems his people. I mean, there there's a when you look at scripture, there's probably um, um, you know there's the exercise of judgment and the exercise of mercy for God, mm-hmm. and in both of those things he gets glory. So that's a that's, you know, I will have compassion and mercy on whom I have mercy. says, so, you know, says you know the Lord in Exodus, right? So that so how he does that it, it, that two-fold framework is probably a helpful way to think about that he when he redeems people out of mercy he gets glory when he judges sin he gets glory right so so Exodus 15 is a good way to think about that and Exodus 15 you have uh, the song of Moses uh, and uh, Exodus 14 I think is actually where um, where we read about um, uh, the Lord saying that he's going to Destroy Pharaoh and his army, and he's going to get glory for it. Right? Mm-hmm. So this is the exercise of judgment where he gets glory. Right? This is not, this is not God enjoying that. Right? He does not delight in the destruction of the wicked. Ezekiel says. Right? But he does get glory from that. So he gets glory from the judgment against sin, and he gets glory when he exercises mercy to redeem those uh, his people from sin. Mm-hmm. So sin is a, uh, it's not created by him. And that's really important. If we get if you get nothing else out of this episode, make sure that we know that we're not saying that. Um, but he does get glory from saving people from it and judging it. Right? It it reflects the character of who he is, the heart of the father, uh, to redeem his people, and the holiness of God uh, to judge sin because he cannot be in the presence of it. So I don't know. Did that did, that's. Probably not a good answer for kids, but
0: I think it's just tricky. It's just tricky.
1: <laughs> it's a tricky question. The, there was a there's a few of them in there, right? There, you kind of bullet pointed a bunch of them.
0: Well, because Why you did know, he us
1: if he knew he so would when we're sing.
0: talking about this with before the episode started, and I'm reading these, and he was like, "I don't think my kids ever asked these." I'm like, "My kids have asked me these like in the last six months." These are all real questions, which but your kids may have, they were just younger, or maybe like you just taught your kids better, so they just knew the answer and didn't that's need a, to ask the
1: question. That's flattering and probably not true.
0: But, <laughs> I was going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Maybe Julie taught them.
1: Maybe. Um, yeah, but,
0: oh, I, the I, other I, questions were, okay, so why does God let us sin? Why, why did God create us if he knew that, he, that we would sin? Why did he create Satan? Why, did he, why does he allow us to sin? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) These are what, and thank God in His infinite mercy on me that my kids always ask these questions like right at bedtime, which maybe is why they ask them because
1: they want to stay up. They know,
0: like, if I'm asking questions that mom really wants me to understand, she'll let me stay up to explain them to me. Right. But, in these times, I can just be like, "You just need to go to bed, and we'll talk about this a different time."
1: Yes, ask me this in the morning.
0: Let me wait until I record a podcast with with one of the pastors, <laughs> so that I can have at least some some direction in a good answer, and then we'll talk about it.
1: But yeah, I just
0: like they just want to know all the things. They want to know why,
1: I, that's, and and yeah. like
0: so does everyone else. So want does everyone to know else, right? Yeah. Why?
1: Yeah, and maybe it's just that there's this there's this beauty in children that that can ask the question a little more directly and we don't tend to think about asking that question or sometimes we feel like we're supposed to know the answer so we don't ask the question right but um, I mean there's I don't have all I don't certainly have a comprehensive answer for that but I would say there's this beauty in the, the the work of God to redeem us from our sin there's a beauty in his charge to forgive as he's forgiven us, right? So we forgive others, right? So there's this, you know, the seventy times seven, like you're always to called to forgive, right? So this is recognition of your own failings and weakness, um, and you're you need to recognize that in others. There's there's hopefully a growing love for God and hatred for sin in your life, so that you get tired of this present evil age, as Paul puts it, mm-hmm. um, you know, that this, the context of our condition that seems inescapable, the, that, that we would cry out like Paul, right, you know, the thing I want to do is the thing I don't do in Romans 7, right, but the thing I, I don't want to do, that's the thing I do, who will save me from... So the, the gravity of sin helps us to see the majesty of God, and uh, it, it, we were talking about this before we started it, a little bit of that dynamic between Creator and Creature. Creature... And more than just creature, fallen creature uh, needs to revel in the majesty of holy, perfect creator, eternal creator. Right? It's like I, but my dependence on my creator to redeem me from the condition um, elevates the, who God is. I mean, the whole of the gospel, everything about Scripture points to his mercy to restore his people, right? And all that he does to do that. So all that he... All, I mean, you have... If you look at the Bible, you have have two chapters without sin, and then sin enters in. So 99 plus percent of the Bible is God's plan to redeem his people. And so while I don't fully understand it and never would profess to fully understand it, the fact is this is the context that God operates in, and he gets glory from it. Mm. Sin exists... We are a people that have a we're we're prone to wander, as David says, as the psalmist says, right? We, because we have a sin nature, um, and we need Jesus, and God provides that, and He is given glory in that. So we get a a perception, if you will, of the the majesty of that. I mean, if you look at it this way, that we, I've had a number of these conversations with. Uh, Marcos and a couple different reading groups, if you think about the time in the garden, and sometimes we call that uh, probationary period, that's some of the language that sometimes theologians will use, if Adam was successful, like he didn't sin, right, Adam and Eve didn't sin, and there was a sort of an elevation, right, To, to a glorified state as reward, I don't know that it would... It certainly wouldn't look the same way as it does now because now when we're elevated, we're elevated from a lower state. Right. And we're elevated um, not because of something we've earned, which would be what Adam would have done, but because of something that was mercifully given when we didn't earn it and couldn't earn it. So in one sense, sin gives us this profound elevation of the majesty of who our creator is. Like, I wouldn't... I don't necessarily know that I could see it. Now, that's it's a little hard to contemplate and in some sense our sin nature prevents me from seeing the majesty of god and only in glory will we be able to have a clearer sense of who god is but in glory i i imagine that i will be able to always see the majesty of redemption in fact you know jesus in his resurrected state still has the scars right the cost mm-hmm. of redemption is is marked on him and i'm sure that's true in eternity in his glorified state in heaven I I imagine, and some people wrestle with this. I'm not willing to say that it's absolute, but I trust that in some sense Christ will always have some level of mediation, some role that recognizes him as redeemer, right? He's the lamb, he's on the throne, but in some sense, even in my glorified state, there will be a way that I can look to the throne, see the scars, and recognize from when from where i came how I, paul says right you were once far away you were aliens and far away and now you've mm-hmm. been brought near um, and i think you need to you need the distance and the impossibility to maybe get a sense of the majesty of who god is
0: i don't know what to say <laughs> i could just cry
1: i am just <laughs> speculating a little bit though but i mean no it's, i it's, know
0: but, but it's uh, it... It's, it's just, just hard to, I'm like... i not prepared to answer oh, the question. I don't know. It's
1: a hard question to answer, so...
0: That, well, you're not... Per- you mean that the question that, like, basically no other theologians in all of history have been able to, like, come up with some definitive answer that they all agree on? Probably, that question you can't answer? There's probably... Come so. come How on, dare Tim. you?
1: <laughs> come on, Tim. Slacker.
0: How dare you? <laughs> I, I think that's a good way to think of it, though, is to orient the kids a little bit away from the... Um, The God being the cause of the sin, and that it was its creation that fell, or right. it's, you know, Adam. We're made
1: upright. Right. Right. So, the created order, we are made upright, and right. then we fall. Right. And, the, you know, we can ask, so maybe a more pressing question is why the serpent in the garden? That's a fair question, and I don't mm-hmm. have a great answer for that. Why is there a tempter in the garden? And again, I don't have a perfect answer for that, mm-hmm. right? because the garden is good and it's said that it is good. But, you know, Adam has a charge to guard and keep the garden, and he doesn't against this intruder. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, so you could think of it that way. I mean, it, maybe there's a good way to tell it in story form, you know, like, you know, you know, Adam is charged to protect the garden, to keep the garden, the same way as a parent would their household, and not let anything corrupting in. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we fail to do that, sin enters in, right? So the... The, the tempter comes in, and Adam doesn't address that and remove him, kill him, really, slay him, and, and remove him from that. The result is, is sin. Um, you could ask the question about free will, too. I mean, that's, that's a sticky wicket. But I think it's fair to say that you're, Adam and Eve would have a sense of, of complete freedom of will that you and I don't have because mm-hmm. we have corrupted emotions so it's you know so they had something that they didn't have an internal sin nature to start with they were made upright and good right. so temptation is external right for us it's internal right because we have a sin nature right. and every time we sin we develop an appetite for that sin and so we're we're up against something far greater which makes it impossible for us to please god that's the result of the fall we can't do it right, right. adam had the ability to meet the conditions that God placed on him. We don't. Right. And we need grace.
0: That's what they'll be like, the kids. Uh, uh, God made me do it. Why did God make me do it? He did not make you do it. You chose to do that.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) But that's like, well, not both of my children, just one of them. If you know my children, you'll know which one the default is. God made me do it. I'm like, uh, I just don't. I I don't in in those moments. Can you just where, like say, you're just being a jerk?
1: Let's just walk through that. Talk, tell me like how did you come to that conclusion?
0: Yeah, well, but then he'll. You the, 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 oh,
1: he just gave it away. I gave
0: it away. <laughs> Darn it!
1: <laughs> but
0: his, the response is, well, God God is is in charge of everything. He made everything, and he's in charge of everything. He knows everything. And then when you say like, but you you made the bad choice that God made you able to make a better choice.
1: Right. So maybe you could say it this way. You know, if as a believer, you have the spirit in you and you have the gift of prayer, which we just talked about in our last episode. And you could say, look, I feel tempted and I want to honor God because he died for my sins. So let let me live for him, right? Mm -hmm. What does scripture say? If you love me, you keep my commandments, right? So, how do I exercise obedience in order to please? Not to, not to, you know, gain favor, right? I'm not doing it to earn something from God. I'm doing it in response, right? So, I mean, maybe some of the some of that kind of dialogue is just, you know, it's the charge of the parent to just say, "Well, we just need to reframe this, mm-hmm. right?" So instead of like indulging in the in the the excuse and you know rabbit trailing, you just, so, but that's not true. And here's why. Right. So let's pray. And so you're sort of you're really you're redirecting the whole conversation. Let's pray and then ask the Lord in His Spirit uh, to convict you of that sin and to help you next time. What are you going to do next time? Right. 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 How do you do? Uh, how do you shape that? So it's. Um, uh, uh, I won't get into that. That's a Celtic thing. Forget it. Scratch that. <laughs> but you know it's a, a the practice of of some spiritual gifts that are implemented. In times of trial and temptation, they're not something that you always do. They're some they're things that you do when when a need arises. Mm-hmm. Provisional gifts, maybe you might call them, but like you're not gonna say that to him. But you just say, "Look, what are you gonna do next time this comes up?
0: Mm-hmm. Have a plan,
1: right? Have a plan and implement it. Which right. is dependence on the Creator. It's prayer. It's recognizing your own temptation, right? And that's the first step. So God didn't make you do it. I did. That's the first step to help me, me not doing it next time. you need
0: to take responsibility for the choice that you made. Yeah, exactly.
1: So I don't know how helpful that will be, but maybe, I mean, I think it's a good way to to think about how how you deal with it at that level with with children.
0: Well, I think that's so many of the questions I think that we've like talked about so far is it's not really necessarily answering the question because the question, like, for a lot of them, there is not necessarily a definitive answer, mm-hmm. but the place that you're in where you're asking that question needs to be shifted. Right. And, you know, where the kids are like trying to get you caught in, not caught in, but like asking a question that you don't have an answer to, or like, you know, trying to, I don't know. They're yeah. just, they're just wrestling. They're trying to catch
1: you in something. Yeah. So you, so you can ask that question. That's like, you know, what's the motivation? Right. Right what Cull, do you call what, them on their you know, nonsense you know i mean you, i mean let's just go to the extreme oh so god made you do it so we should stop going to church we should stop doing everything because clearly god actually loves sin and wants you to sin i mean oh. that might backfire really badly but i mean just uh,
0: you, not you with know, that one with that one that might be like oh well i mean obviously that's not the answer
1: right right so you just, maybe you just like right. take it to its conclusion and realize the the futility of an answer like that just be silly with them have a little fun with it you know like you know just, right. Let's.
0: Well, and part of that is, like, you have to make it accessible and, like, that you're willing to have a conversation, even if it's ridiculous.
1: And even if it's at bedtime.
0: Even if it's at bedtime. (laughs) That, you know. Or
1: or on the way to the aquarium.
0: So, Oh, oh, all the children and the yelling. It's going to be okay. (laughs) I'm, like, panicking now.
1: Jellyfish. Just think about jellyfish. The jellyfish are going to be
0: great. They're so peaceful and wonderful. And I'm going to sit and look at them for 10 minutes. I'm going to set a timer. Um, But yeah, just, just (laughs) that the kids that like, not everything around faith is so serious and like dry, theologically boring, but that there can be like funny conversations or like, you know, like you said, just bring it down to its natural, like to its natural conclusion is all right, you're right. If God made you sin. And God, that means that God wanted you to sin. That means God loves sin. And so then everything that we believe is ridiculous and like, okay. But then like, when, once you've gotten, once you've taken your, your, your belief to its natural destination, like, is that really where you'd like to be on your trip?
1: Right. I mean, it's, what is one of the most fundamental things we teach our kids? God loves you. Right. He can't love you and make you sin. Right. Those two things don't go together.
0: Right. He He can't love you and also put you at odds with him and push you further and further from him.
1: Sin is the recognition of the things that break God's heart. Those those are the things that are counter to God. Mm -hmm. And obedience, as we said before, is the way to love God, right? God loves us, right? John says we love because he first loved us. Well, we love God and others because he first loved us. So we reciprocate that love through obedience not through sin right yeah yeah we're not good at it but you know
0: right the, but we try the, the
1: charges in in the text and honesty about when we fail which is what we were just talking about earlier was often every day maybe many times a day mm-hmm. and confession is a we were talking about that in the last episode you know confession is a regular thing and it should be we should always be confessing recognizing our our sinfulness but it also is a recognition of we're a work in progress right mm-hmm. and yeah I'm failing. To love god because i'm failing to keep his commandments i'm failing to be obedient right so it's i'm not meriting favor i'm not i'm not you know getting winning points but i'm also failing to love god loving my own self and my own sin nature instead i'm putting myself as you know king in the kingdom and not not god as king maybe i mean there's i mean there's a number of different ways you could frame it but to me i just think it just occurs to me like god made me do it as silliness of course but you know But that means God doesn't love you. Does God love you?
0: Right. Right. Like you don't believe that he doesn't love you. I know that.
1: Right. So if you believe that, then you know that those two things can't go together any more than you know that me as your mom, in your case, loves you. So I wouldn't make you sin. Right. (laughs) Right. So, you know, just, I just walk through the argument with them.
0: That's a good way with that, with that kid, (laughs) with the other kid, I can just shift. Shift the focus and just feel like you're, you're, you're not, you're, you know, you're asking questions that aren't leading you in a productive place. They're not leading you to love, love and God asking all the wrong questions, right? They're not the wrong questions. Like, you know, like there's not any wrong questions. Mm -hmm. If you're asking questions about faith, that means you have questions about faith. So I'll take, I'll take any of that. As
1: long as the motivation isn't like silliness or try and get away with things. Silliness is fine. I shouldn't say silliness is fine, but like to try and get away with something. Right.
0: Right. You're trying to, you know. Excuse your way, squirrel your way out of it.
1: Yeah. So. Anyway,
0: well, thank you for coming All and right. uh, tackling the
1: difficult question. <laughs> I don't know how well I tackled the, it. But... The
0: challenging reframe. Well, the... I just talking things through sometimes. Yeah, here, sometimes. You know,
1: yeah. gives a, you
0: a, a couple different avenues of ways to yep. to, to shift and refocus mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. course correct, and we can always just
1: and recognize how much we don't know about answering yeah. questions like that. So.
0: Yeah. yeah welcome good. welcome to the questions club yes all right so thank you very much awesome
1: and, uh, good to be here
0: i don't know what episode this is and i don't know what season this is but it's been fun
1: it's, oh, it's, episode.
0: <laughs> it's, it's episode six season 11 hit the music thank you so much for joining us today If you like our show, please leave us a five-star rating, write a review, and be sure to tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Check out our episode notes for links to our church website and any resources shared on this episode. Editing and sound design by Jeff DiMatti. Marcos Ortega wrote this episode. Our executive producers are Mike Antonucci, Jeff DiMatti, and Tracy Johnson. Your co-hosts are Pastor Marcos Ortega and Jessica Kilduff. A special thanks to Goodwill Church for supporting this show so we may provide it to you, our listeners, for free. Let's talk again next week.